everybody. Welcome back to the Living With Power Hope podcast. My name is Lena Abujamra and I'm your host. And as usual, I'm so excited you're back with us. If it's your first time here, I want to welcome you with a special extra welcome. And uh, I hope you like what you find here. We're here to give you biblical truth for everyday life. And uh, I am more and more aware that we're living in a post-Christian world where people need Jesus. And for the Christian, we need hope in a post-Christian world. And so this is what these conversations are about. Every week I uh, present a question uh, that you guys have sent me or that I've thought up on my own. And I talk about life, faith, culture, God, and everything in between. Basically, if you've got a question that has to do with God and culture, send it to me at dearlina at livingwithpower.org. We are having a blast in these conversations. Uh, you know, we do all sorts of things here on the podcast, but this has been a highlight. And so today we'll get to the question in a minute. But before we do, remember that you can subscribe to the podcast so that you're up to date on every episode. Uh, we give you conversations with other people from time to time. And I know as many of you have experienced uh, so much appreciation for that. We want you to know that we are thankful for you and we are so excited to make resources available for you. You can find out a lot about this ministry at livingwithpower.org. In the meantime, let's go ahead and focus our attention on today's question that was sent to me by a listener. Uh, and then I'm going to give you, as usual, three bullet point ideas for the answers. And by the way, somebody told me once that they couldn't pay attention because I was speaking too fast. I don't know if you're aware, but there is a half speed marker that you can click on. And I usually do double the speed for most podcasts that I listen to save time and because I can listen fast. But maybe you're that person, just click on the half speed and God bless you when you do that. Uh, I don't think you can listen to me at one and a half speed, but try it. If you uh, are out running, that might motivate you to run faster. Hey, in the meantime, Come on, let's get back to order here. Uh, Dear Lena, a great question today, a question that I can't wait to answer. Who is the Holy Spirit and how can I experience him more? What a great question. And uh, if you're a Christian, what a great time to ask that question. If you're not a a Christian, you might have heard people talk about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. What is this about? Uh, let Let me give you this first big idea. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a person and not an experience. So whoever sent that question is right on who is the Holy Spirit, not what is the Holy Spirit. I think there's, even though we talk about the Holy Spirit as who, I think we tend to forget that and we sort of live our lives as if the Holy Spirit is an experience. I think this is an important distinction because often people say, man, I really felt the spirit of God move and they mean it when they experience or feel the manifest presence of God. And so there's a a, a sort of an undertone to that conversation that that almost insinuates that the Holy Spirit is not always there, but that he shows up in certain moments to give us this extra special, you know, fuzzy wuzzy feeling. Well, that that is not what the Holy Spirit is. He's not an experience. He is a person and he comes in to live in the heart of the believer at salvation. And uh, a lot of scripture supports that. Uh, Basically, um, you can look at uh, Acts chapter one, verse eight, the promise of the Holy Spirit coming. But my favorite part of conversation about the Holy Spirit is probably the words of Jesus and John uh, really spanning chapters 14, 15, and going into 16, where Jesus gives you sort of a crash course on who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, The Apostle Paul later talks about how uh, as soon as you come to Christ, I think it's one of the Corinthians, he talks about how you become, you know, the Spirit of God comes and dwells in you, and you become, um, we become one family, we have one Spirit living in us, and so the same Holy Spirit of God comes and lives in us. And so uh, just a couple of sub-thoughts here. While you can experience the life empowered by the Holy Spirit, it is the person of the Holy Spirit that you must strive to know. And uh, here are some, um, uh, let me just read you some of Jesus' thoughts on the Holy Spirit. Um, he says, if you love me in John 14, verse 15, 
If you uh, love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. What an awesome promise for the Father of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's not the only place he talks about him. He keeps going in verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Um, chapter 15, verse 26 is a great verse. He again reiterates, this is an entire section of scripture where Jesus is just speaking a, a sermon, a conversation. And he says, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And then finally he goes on and says, uh, just again, I'm highlighting some, some of the verses that, that talk about the Holy Spirit specifically. Uh, chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Wow! Oh my gosh, this is so good. In verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will speak not on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Uh, we have this Holy Spirit living in us, Christian. If you're a follower of Jesus, the moment you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to live in you. And while you might feel like the Spirit is missing in your life, God's word promises that he is in you the moment you give your life to Jesus. And... Uh, uh, that's incredible. Uh, uh, you can even look at the Old Testament, by the way, Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27, uh, with the promise that was given in the Old Testament about the future coming of Jesus and the Spirit. Uh, he says, then I, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. You shall be clean. Um, a new heart I will give you, a new spirit I will put within you. Uh, again, a lot of scriptural evidence that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. You've got Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit is this part of God that comes and lives in you. It is a mystery. I cannot explain it, but it is not an experience. He is a person. He is grieved. He is he is, he is um, uh, uh, yielded to, and he rejoices with us, and he convicts us of sin, and he um, is ours for the taking. And most of us live our lives oblivious of the Holy Spirit, except in those moments when we uh, uh, refer to him as an experience. And, and woe be to us if we think of him as nothing more than an experience. And uh, while I, I love experiences where I am aware of the Holy Spirit's presence, I want to live in a day-by-day, moment-by-moment awareness of God's presence in me through his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a person and not an experience. Here's a second big idea for this question, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is limited to the extent that we quench and grieve him. All right? I looked up the words quench. Uh, it is uh, to put out or to extinguish, to cool suddenly by plunging into a liquid. And sadly, too many Christians have spent too much of their life quenching the Holy Spirit of God. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 would be a good verse to, to kind of point to in this uh, instance. Uh, let me just turn there. I have some uh, markers in my Bible. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, that's the rustling you're hearing is the Bible. So Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse uh, 20 or verse 30 Paul, at the end of this section of scripture where he's talking about the new life in Christ, he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve him. So the idea that we could grieve him, sin grieves, repetitive sin, intentional, willful, repetitive sin grieves the Holy Spirit. The most common way we quench the Spirit of God is by living independent of him. We tend to think of sin as 
sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But do you know that living independently of the Holy Spirit is sin? It's basically saying, man, I don't need the Lord. I can do this on my own. That's a form of pride. Of course, we can sin in other ways that are more, you know, again, famous, you know, sinful things like drug, sex, and rock and roll. But, but there are so many ways that we grieve the Holy Spirit of God by refusing to recognize his presence in our life. And we grieve him and we quench him. The Holy Spirit is limited to the extent that we quench and grieve him. The, co- the most common way we grieve the Spirit of God is by doing what grieves him. Sin grieves him. Jesus says that he will come and he will convict us of sin. That's the whisper when you, you know, you've been there. I watched my six-year-old nephew. He knows when he does something wrong. He looks at me and he checks to see if I'm watching. And then, and then when he gets called out on it, even the times when he intentionally continues to lie about it, you can sense that there's a, there's an awareness of wrong. And, and what is that? It is your conscious and, and your conscious is what the Holy Spirit uses to, and as a Christian, your conscious is extra sensitive because the Spirit of God lives in you. And so if you're a Christian and you're sinning, what happens is the Holy Spirit initially shouts and tells you, don't do that. And then the more you do it and grieve him, then, then you might not hear him as well. And then it might turn into a whisper. And then eventually you don't hear him at all. And many Christians in the United States and post-Christian America are living in that state of mind where we no longer hear the Spirit of God because we have grieved him for so long. And we have been so open to sin that we no longer recognize sin. I believe that is a big problem in the church today. I believe that is why so many in the church no longer recognize sin as sin. And now they are softening and say man it doesn't matter well you're going by what the culture says and not by what the spirit of god tells us in his word and so the more we seek to live for god and and the holy spirit the more we will become aware of the still small voice that tells us when we are questioning and when we are grieving him that's what jesus said when he said that he comes to convict us of sin that he lives in us he's the spirit of truth and of comfort and while we tend to want the you know, good parts of the spirit. Most of us don't want to be convicted of sin. Most of us want to persist in our ways. We want God to bend to us, but, but that doesn't work this way. We've got the living God who's put his spirit in us. The person of the spirit is in us. By the way, a great book. Well, why don't I do a giveaway? I love giving away books. Why don't we give away the forgotten God? That is a book by Francis Chan, who's one of my favorite Bible teachers in the world. And that's an easy book to understand about the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite books about the Holy Spirit. I want to give two listeners the book. So if you've made it this far, you should be glad you did. Go ahead and email me at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. Send me your address and I'll send you a book, Forgotten God. Irina loves when I do this. Anyway, all right. So big idea. The Holy Spirit is a person and not an experience. The Holy Spirit is limited to the extent that we quench and grieve him. Uh, a good application point for you here is in what way are you quenching the Spirit of God today? If you are not aware of him in your life, perhaps you've quenched him in areas of sin. And, and an easy practice is to sit still before God and ask him, God, how have I grieved your spirit? Are there areas in my life? I feel like generally every Christian has, our, our heart is like a home and we've got a lot of rooms in it. And most of the rooms in our life are fine, but most of us have this closet that's just full of secret stuff that we don't want anyone to know. And we just assume God is ignoring it. But the spirit of God is asking you to clean up that closet. Listen, it's the pure who will see God in the Beatitudes. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And that purity, it's not, I'm not talking just about sexual purity. I'm not. I'm really talking about all forms of purity, purity of thought, purity of word, purity of sight, purity of intent and motive. You go, man, I can't do that. I know, neither can I. That's why we need the spirit of God. And so here's the third big application point to, to kind of take that home. The Holy Spirit is available to you to the extent that you give him the freedom to rule. You want to see more of the spirit in your life? You want to experience him and live in awareness of him? Then you open up that closet 
or that drawer or that room in your heart. And you say, man, the Holy Spirit of God, I'm giving you freedom to rule over this area. While every Christian has the Holy Spirit, okay? While every Christian has the Holy Spirit, it is the extent that the Holy Spirit has you that makes the difference. All right. You look at two believers. I think about people that I grew up, like my pastor, Harry Taylor and Miriam Taylor, when I was growing up, they were the most godly couple in the world. And they were like a hundred when I met them, when I, when I was a baby and I started going to the church and then I became aware of people and then became a preteen and a teen. And then we emigrated to the United States. And I remember them being like a hundred years old back then. And they lived another like 30 years. All right. These guys were like the old Abraham, like living to 200 years. I don't know how they did it, but this couple, the, they didn't just have the Holy Spirit of God in them. The Holy Spirit had them. You could see it on their faces. It was in their responses, in their tone of voice, in the way they treated one another, in the way they treated others. They were the quintessential couple that gave the, all of them to the Spirit of God. It says, Holy Spirit, you've got me. You want that space in my heart, you take it. You want my sexuality, you take it. You want my, my, my tongue, you take it. You want my eyes, you take them. You want my job, you take it. There's not an area in my life that I do not give to you. The amount of power you experience, okay, this, the, uh, sorry, I'm going to set this up because this sentence is important. It's what, it is a sentence that I read by Anne Graham Lotz, and I've quoted it in many of the messages that I've given, and I believe it is so applicable here. The amount of power you experience to live a victorious, triumphant Christian life is directly proportional to the freedom you give the Spirit to be the Lord of your life. All right? You need to put this on half speed, but let me say it slower. The amount of power you experience to live a victorious, triumphant Christian life is directly proportional to the freedom you give the Spirit of God to be the Lord of your life. All right? It boils down to you. Are you saying yes to the Spirit of God? Or are you fighting him and quenching him? The Holy Spirit is a person, not an experience. If you miss him, if you long for him, if you wonder why you can't experience him more, maybe you've quenched him. Or perhaps there are areas in your life that you have not given him freedom to rule. I love Romans 8. In Romans 8, it says, Therefore, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then he goes on to explain that. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And then he goes, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. And last verse here as we come to the end of this episode. Uh, Galatians 5, I would be remiss not to point you there. I hope you're jotting down some of these passages of Scripture because there are key passages of Scripture for these topics of conversation. And he says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 16. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And then he goes on and compares the two. And then he reminds us, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. How do you do this? Well, you give the Spirit of God full reign over every area, every room, every closet, every drawer, every bit of your heart. Are you living with that kind of yieldedness today? That's what it means to be yielded to God. It's saying, God, not my way today, but yours. The more you do that, the more you will experience, the more you will experience the person, the more you do that, the more you will experience the person of the Holy Spirit in your life, and the more you will become aware of his presence with you. Listen, there's nothing like living a life that is aware of the Spirit of God in us and with us. There's nothing like it. And so if you long for that, do some business with God today. Take a few minutes, quiet your heart, still before God, and ask Him to show you what areas in your life need to be changed, what area needs to be confessed, 
what area needs to be graded yieldedness in. And uh, as you say yes to God, uh, the, more, the more you say yes to God, the more you'll see him uh, move in your heart and in your life in ways that you never thought possible. So, uh, hey, uh, that is our episode for today. If you've got a question for me, send it to dearlena at livingwithpower.org. I'll do my best to answer it. And if uh, you like this podcast, share it with someone. Let them know about it. Uh, why not share it on social media? And uh, uh, if you want to join us in our community Bible study on Facebook, go to livingwithpower.org. At the top of the page, you'll find a box that says join our community. Click on it. It'll take you to where you can join the community. You can also subscribe to our website and you'll get a daily devotional called Power Minutes. into your inbox. Listen. I'm always looking for free and easy to understand resources that will draw my heart to the heart of God. If that's you, then you came to the right place. We're glad you're here. I love you guys. And I can't wait to see you again next week. You have a great day now.